Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another special edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is a happy post-match show as the USA defeats Oman by a final of four goals to nil. Now, let me just say something right here, right off the bat. And, and once again, you know, it's not so much the opponent and where they're ranked on the world stage, because obviously... Yes, I know. Oman ranked 73rd in the world, but once oh, excuse me, but once again, they're ranked in Asia ninth. And so if you're ranked in the top 10 in your confederation, in my mind, that still makes you a dangerous squad. So when you see them playing an opponent that is maybe you consider a little less inferior and you know rightfully so that you feel like that and I'm not disagreeing at all but for the US men's national team you you, you cannot make mistakes when you're facing an opponent like that and while they had a favorable result against Uzbekistan over in St. Louis on Saturday afternoon, late uh, late afternoon, early evening, you know they they basically took their foot off the gas pedal, and they basically allowed them to be in the game. In this one, in this particular match against Oman, no such thing, no such thing whatsoever. And for the U.S. men's national team, they came up big. They came up big. They came up strong. And once again, they proved that they are the better team. They have always been considered the better team. But once again, you have to not assume that you're going to get a victory, especially in these friendlies, against an opponent that you normally do not play against, especially with the inside the Asian Confederation. I mean, if you took on South Korea, if you took on Japan, if you took on Iran, or even um, another national team that's, you know, strong, obviously Australia, which has, you know, been inside the Asian Football Confederation for the last, I would say, Close to a decade now, I believe, because they used to be in Oceania, but now they are in Asia. So, you know, you need to go out there and you have to perform at a high level and be strong, not just against those four big nations in Asia, but whoever you're going to be playing against. I mean, it's easy to scoff and to say that, oh, this should be a cakewalk. Why are we even bothering uh, to play these teams and they're ranked so low. Well, you know, that match against Uzbekistan proved while they did look good to start the match, the middle was absolutely suspect. 
and then they just basically broke out with two more goals, but both were in stoppage time, and that's not really a good measuring stick uh, to what you're trying to see for this national team. But, but tonight against Oman, they did not take their foot off the gas. They did not assume they were going to take out this uh, this national team with ease. They, you know, took the challenge. They went out and they did their job. Because once again, the U.S. men's national team needs to understand something here. And this, you know, it's not just the minnows of CONCACAF you have to worry about. It's also the minnows of Asia that you have to worry about. But at the same time, when those minnows are starting to break through and they're ready to break through and they're ready to become the giants of their said confederation that they perform in, well, then you cannot at all, at all take them for granted whatsoever. Now, what did they do? They turned on the gas. They kept their foot on the gas. And they basically played 90 minutes of what we expect this national team to do. They played great. They played strong. They got four big goals. One of them, of course, the last one was an own goal, thanks to Kevin Parades, who made that excellent cross. And unfortunately for uh, Khalid Al-Briaki, in the 81st minute, he puts it in. He puts it into his own net, and that made it 4-0 for the USA. And boy, oh boy, this one is proving to be fun to watch, because you want to know what? why? I'll tell you why. Because even though they're teammates in Florian Balogun and Ricardo Pepe, now you're seeing a battle of the nines. You're seeing two guys fighting for the same position. One is starting. The other is coming off the bench. But right now, as great as Balogun has been, Pepe's been more dynamic as a number nine at this point in time because he's been scoring goals like there's no tomorrow for the men's national team. He has been improving. He has been doing the job. And while I'm happy for Balogun, who is showing success, Pepe's telling him at the same time, I know you're here. I know you're here. You're my teammate, and I'm happy to have you here. But guess what? I'm fighting for that position, too, to start. And even if he doesn't start and he comes on as a substitute, that's even good enough for me. But the truth of the matter is this. Balogun, Pepe, now we're starting to see battles within our own national team. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong. Obviously, you're going to have your favorites. I know you're, there's going to be Balogun favorites. I know there's going to be Pepe favorites. You know who's my favorite? Both of them. Because you want to know why both of them? Because they're both dynamic. They are both in the same position, and they're at the right place at the right time. I'm telling you right now, 
I don't know what's going to be down the road before we even get to the World Cup in 2026. But one thing is for sure. The Copa America is coming next summer. And that's the biggest test of all. And if we are going to see either Balogun or Ricardo Pepe battling it out as a number nine, either as a starter or off the bench, I'm telling you right now, folks, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I am so excited to see what those two are going to do, either as a teammate or individually. So just get ready for that matchup, folks. Get ready for it. And all I can say is, just get ready for the ride. Because now we're seeing the fruits of our labor coming up big, coming up strong. And I'm telling you right now, guys, it's going to be excellent. It's going to be excellent. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Because I'm telling you right now, it's going to be amazing when we are going to be watching this national team getting better and better and better. That's all we need. That's all we're asking for. That's all we're hoping for, for them to get better and better and better. And I'm telling you guys, it's looking pretty darn good. Great finishes, fantastic goals, just unbelievable, unbelievable what we have witnessed tonight from Allianz Field in St. Paul, Minnesota. Once again, the U.S. men's national team, a much better match in the performance department. It's always great to have a scoreline of 4-0. It's always great, just like the last match. It was great having a 3-0 scoreline to say result was great, but the performance was lacking. Not so this one against Oman, because if you listen to the broadcast on TNT, and Kyle Martino is correct, because Uzbekistan and Oman, they are looking to qualify for the FIFA World Cup for the first time in their history. And you never know, you never know if they do qualify that they may be drawn in the same group with the U.S. men's national team. And if they are, they can use this game. They could also use the last game that they played against Uzbekistan because if they're going to face either one of them in the World Cup for 2026 – you can use the footage of these games to continue to help out the players and at the same time correct whatever issues that they had. You're going to get the tapes. You're going to scout them. No, no doubt about it, you're going to scout them. But the truth of the matter is this. You need to make sure, you need to make sure that when you are facing these national teams, 
You need to make sure when you're facing these national teams, you cannot take them for granted when you're playing them in the World Cup. You should not be taking them for granted, period. But as I've said already, this friendly match against Oman was spectacular, not just because of the result, but the performance matched the result. That's why. And you know what? Let's go back and uh, talk about those goals. In the 13th minute, Florian Balogun uh, opens the scoring, and what a, what a crazy sequence that was. Um, they were attacking the left side of the stadium, and uh, a big cross came to Pulisic, who missed it, but it was uh, re-grabbed by Lund, who made another long cross going to Tim Weah. Um, and Weah knew he had no chance to attack the net, so he basically laid it off back to an oncoming Serginio Dest, who ripped one hard, forced the keeper to make the save, left the juicy rebound, and all Florian Balogun had to do was tap it in to make it 1-0, and uh, it was pretty good. Uh, great moments to get a second goal. Didn't happen, but they kept on attacking. They kept on going forward. They kept on finding a way to try and get that second goal inside the first half. It didn't happen. Uh, we'll get to a play that I, it's a great teaching moment for everybody, but still, though, get to the play in just a moment there. Uh, back to the course recapping these goals. 60th minute course, uh, Brendan Aronson. Uh, takes the free kick, a big foul, just outside the area. Um, I thought he took it well. I guess the replay showed he didn't take it well. But confusion in the wall for Oman and also confusion for the goalkeeper as it looked like he misplayed the ball. He tried to stop himself and try to lean back and get a hand on it or at least his right arm onto it. He completely missed it. And it bounced uh, right past him into the back of the net, 2 0. And, um, you know, once again, the U.S. is really looking good. And then they get two goals in the span of three minutes so quick, you didn't know that was going to come. And Dewan Jones from the New England Revolution finding a way to get that ball to Ricardo Pepe. He was along the near side, makes a fantastic cross in the 79th minute to Ricardo Pepe. One-time hammer shot. Thundered it right past the keeper, and that made it 3-0. And then three minutes later, after the Pepe scores, Kevin Parades comes in for Tim Weah, and then he gets the ball down the near side, makes a cross, looking for an oncoming teammate, but it's the back line defender in Khalid Al-Braki, Al-Braki, I hope I pronounced his last name correctly, who tried to defend the ball, slid into the ball, and put the ball into the back of his own net. And so for the United States, it's 4-0. Uh, once again, Florian Balogun in the 13th minute, Brendan Aronson in the 60th minute, Ricardo Pepe in the 79th minute, and the own goal by Oman to give the United States 
that 4-0 lead and that 4-0 victory uh, to make it two for two in this successful September window in the international break. And we'll be heading back to MLS uh, for the majority of the league uh, to get back into league action and, of course, back into league action in Europe as well, the Premier League, Serie A, Bundesliga, La Liga, and anywhere else our players are playing in, either in Europe, South America, or anywhere abroad on the globe. So just once again, you know, you, you, you just got to say that when you are watching this team and you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. I know it's cheesy. I know it's an old adage, but that's the truth. That's the truth. But at the same time, you cannot at all assume you're going to cakewalk any of these teams. You can't. You have to go in there. You have to play them. You're a professional side. You've got to have a professional mentality. You need to challenge these teams that you've never played against, and you have to show them who's boss. And that's what the U.S. men's national team did. You don't take it for granted. You don't take them lightly. You don't assume it's over within the first 20 minutes. No, you go out there and you destroy them. And look what happened tonight as – as solid of a victory for the U.S. men's national team uh, as it was against Uzbekistan, but the truth of the matter is, once again, as I've said it, it was the performance does not match the result. Look what they did against Mexico down in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Look what they did. Mexico was down 2-0 to Uzbekistan. Then they scored three unanswered to make it 3-2. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and I highlighted it um, on Twitter because I saw the video. And all you can say is, and this is from the Cooligans on Twitter, what a free kick it was in the in second half stoppage time. Four minutes of stoppage time was given in the second half. And in the second minute of four in second half stoppage time, Uzbekistan, um, I don't know the man's name. He doesn't have it on the back of his jersey, but he wears the number seven on Uzbekistan, if anyone can, wants to help me out to find out who that man is. But he scores an amazing free kick. I would say three quarters deep inside the area, curled it top shelf. And he beats Mama Ochoa, and I believe this match ended 3-3. And for Mexico, that, that's a result that everyone's going to be very upset with. I'm, I mean, as much, as much as they did win the Gold Cup to somewhat say they're back, can we be honest and say they're not really back? Because how in a friendly that you allow – not so much that you allow a result that doesn't go your way, but how do you allow Uzbekistan to score three goals? At least you can say for the U.S. they never got scored on because Uzbekistan could not you know, convert any chances. 
But at the same time, Matt Turner was sensational in that. Here you got Grandpa in goal in Memo Ochoa. He gets beaten three times, and the third time is just terrible. Absolutely terrible. He tried to get his hands on the uh, ball, but unfortunately, it got tucked in underneath the crossbar and over the line, top shelf, and Mexico once again is under dis- is under duress and turmoil. This is not like Mexico to have such a terrible, terrible moment that continues to plague them. The worst of the worst was them being eliminated right out of the group stage, three and out. And maybe, okay, they win the Gold Cup, but it's not a you know, a typical Mexican domination because they beat Panama 1-0 in the final, but they still held a trophy, I understand. But then you go and see them pull something like this. So basically, the negative is two out of three as of right now for Mexico. And that is just terrible for them. But once again, for the United States, they looked really good against Oman. And that's the type of effort you want to see. They hustled. They attacked. They defended. I'll be honest with you. Ethan Horvath didn't really have much to be bothered with. I don't even remember him making a save at all. I mean, he was in perfect position for free kicks and corners, but I didn't see him make the save that tells you that is a save of the match. And you know what? That's fine. That's okay. That's not a bad thing at all because Ethan Horvath, who – You know, I trust him to make the solid saves until he has a royal screw-up in goal. Until then, I don't have any problems with him. I feel damn good about him, and I really believe, I really believe that I, if you're going to bring in a, you know, for a World Cup roster or a Gold Cup roster or even uh, a Copa America roster, who's going to be my three goalkeepers? that I'm going to choose to be involved in this. Well, obviously, it's going to be Matt Turner, number one. Ethan Horvath, number two. Three is a toss-up. And whether you want an MLS guy there or you don't want an MLS guy there, I mean, at this point in time, I would have to say Sean Johnson because I think uh, right now, Sean Johnson, I, I trust him to at least be a backup or a third stringer right now. If I've, I've seen people yelling out for Gaga Slonina. Look, let me say this right now about Slonina. And obviously he'll be the future for the national team. And maybe he deserves whatever he deserves and stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is that at this point in time, he's not ready. He's not ready. I understand you want to give him uh, at least the third spot so he can just sit on the bench and – view and watch and see what's going to happen. I don't think he's ready for that now. I really don't. You know, instead, and this is where I'm trying to give you guys, uh, you know, information here. And I'm not saying no forever on Gaga Slonina. Do I think 
He's got quality. I do. Do I think he can make this World Cup or this U.S. men's national team roster for the future? Yes, I do. But when he is ready to make that jump to the senior national team level, that is when we need to see him play better in goal, especially in Europe, and see what's going to happen. Because once again, he's out on loan. He's not at Chelsea right now. He's out on loan. And at the moment, at this point in time, American players' careers go to Chelsea and die. They die because they're not being given an opportunity. Say what you want about Pulisic, who did get an opportunity, but really came off the bench and then lost faith. I understand some people are upset because he doesn't uh, train hard enough. Maybe, maybe, and I'm just speculating here, unfortunately, and I don't want to speculate. Maybe it was a little bit of Pulisic, but at the same time, maybe it was also the manager because we got to see him perform. And so far with Milan in Italy at the moment, you can't say he's not doing a job. He scored two goals already, probably three or four by now soon. And, you know, next up, he's got to take on uh, the Milan Derby basically with Inter. And that's going to be interesting because he's going to be in. You know, that's, that's when you go and have your home matches at the San Siro and you're taking on your neighbors or your uh, roommates, shall we say, against the, the red and black, against the blue, the black and blue. So, I mean, we're going to see what Pulisic's going to be made of out of that. But so far, I just think he needed a fresh start. I think he needed a fresh start, and maybe he's finally feeling like he's not in England anymore, too much scrutiny. Why am I even here anymore? Let me get out. He is. He's in Italy. And right now he's being loved and savored over with AC Milan. So good for him. Maybe he needed a change of scenery. Sometimes that can change things for different people. You know, maybe he had enough of the scrutiny in England. Because we all know what it's like over there. If you, uh, you know, you're a footballer over in the Premier League or any league in, in England you know, everyone's got their eyes on you. Everyone's sharpening their finger of blame as soon as there's a problem or they think you're not cutting it. But look what he's doing in Italy. It's the same thing when he was at Borussia Dortmund. He was doing good things there until he went to Chelsea. So, you know, good for him. Just happy for Pulisic that he's happy and that he is basically converting goals and he's doing a great job of it. That's all you can ask for. I mean, I'm happy he won the Champions League with Chelsea, but other than that, I'm just happy he's somewhere else, and he's performing, and he's producing. That's the most important thing with this national team, because once again, it's always going to be depth chart. But when you are going to a place and a league and a country that will show you that they like you and they respect you and they know that you are a big-name player, they're going to use you. And that is where I believe right now Pulisic, I think he'll finish his career in Europe. I mean, I don't know if he'll ever come to MLS later on in life. We'll see what happens. But right now, 
Uh, he's happy where he is in Italy. I'm happy for him that he's doing well at Milan. And um, a great start right off the bat. And just, you know, keep on hoping for him to do well. I don't know if they'll win uh, the Scudetto uh, over in Italy, but, you know, or the Serie A title. But still, though, let's see what happens. Maybe there's a Coppa Italia championship waiting for him. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe there's a league cup, in, an Italian league cup ready to go for from Italy as well. We'll have to wait and see for that. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but obviously we're mostly talking about him having success and translating that success to the U.S. men's national team. And so far, one goal in two games in this September window. Great to see that from Christian Pulisic. And as I've already said, um, great job in goal by Horvath. He didn't do much, but once again, it's just once again a solid job by him. But once again, just just solid positioning, and all you can do is um, just give him credit for the clean sheet and move on. And hopefully he'll do well in his club season. And then we worry about October coming for the two internationals. Friendly matches uh, against Germany and Ghana, and we'll get to that, of course, as well. Now, I want to get to this point in the match, and I want to talk. I, I want to say this: if Mr. John J. Klein II is listening to the show, I want to give you a shout out and say thank you very much for responding to my tweet during the match. Because here's the thing that I know some of you probably know this, but then again. Maybe some of you have not heard this, and I'm just going to say it anyway because this is a teaching moment, and this is what I like to do. I I, I don't want to attack people. I don't want to verbally attack people. Uh, My idea is to just try and teach and learn about the laws of the game, amendments that have been made uh, in the laws of the game, you know, some changes to the laws of the game because, you know, there was a play early on in the match in the first half where in the 31st minute, many fans behind the goal, behind the Oman goal, thought they saw a handball inside the area. And truth of the matter be told, there was a handball. But, of course, once again, when you're watching it live in front of you with no monitor, no TV, you know, no replay whatsoever, um, you know, that's my advantage, of course. And... um and whoever's in the press box, you know, that's an advantage as well for them as uh, if they're watching it on the monitor to see if there is a situation where, well, since there's no VAR in friendlies, which is correct, that we don't need to have VAR in friendlies at all. League seasons, uh, cup competitions, and, you know, national team competitions as well, uh, like, like Gold Cup and Copa America and Euro- European Cup and the World Cup itself. That's what they have to do, and I, I agree with it, and that's what should happen. Um, but no VAR during a friendly. That, that's fine by me. I'm okay with it. I'm not here to complain about that. But here's the situation once again. Um, the fans behind the Oman goal in the first half uh, thought they saw a handball, and correctly, it looked like a handball right off the bat. But because of the replay, we're not sure. You know, you have to make sure that, well, you know, is that the right call uh, to award a goal kick. Now, yes and no. And I'll tell you why. Because the, they did make a change on the rule or on the law of handball. Because once again, here's what happened. 
I believe it was Tim Weah who was on the outside. And the ball came towards him, and he was trying to cross it. And as soon as he tried to cross it, and he didn't get a good handle on it, but he still he crossed it enough where you know, it was going to be a low cross. The Oman defender slid on the, the, on the floor and blocked the cross with his left boot. But because he was sliding on the floor, his right arm was up as well. And the new change in the law is, very simply put, if the ball was struck by the foot or any part of the body first, then the hand, it's not a handball. It has to be a clear-cut handball either hitting at the hand in an unnatural position or if the player is attempting to deceive to make himself look bigger and to intentionally handle it with the hopes of not being caught. That's the only time it's a handball. In this case, he's defending. He was sliding. His left boot got the ball first, then the hand, and then out. But since it's not a handball, that should have been a corner for the United States at that time in the 31st minute. That should have been a corner given to the U.S., and that should have also been spotted by the far side assistant. He should have informed the referee, wave the flag, get his attention, or at least talk through the microphone that they all have, because they're all talking to each other. Give the corner, but don't give the handball. Because it's not a handball, the ball hits his foot, and then it hits his hand. The ball was still in play when it struck the defender's foot, then the hand. Not a handball, not a penalty, but it is a corner for the United States. And then the referee would have signaled corner, but instead he gave it a goal kick because his angle was not good enough. And that's fine. But that's where the far side assistant has got to say something. I know the referee has to go to the assistant to say, well, what did you see? But I think... What we need, because of now the apparatus of the earpiece connected to the microphone that everyone has together, to say and to just to give a little more freedom to the assistants, because we all know that the fourth official can also be used as assistants if the referee does miss something as well. And the fourth official can call the referee over because the fourth official in reality is a referee too. So in some ways they're talking to each other because they are at the same level. They're not an assistant or a linesman. So in my book, in reality, I would like to see a linesman or assistants get a little more leeway here. Because it doesn't have to always be the referee to initiate walking over or going towards the near side assistant or the far side assistant to say, what did you see? I want to get it from your point of view. I think because of the hearing, the apparatus that they wear all the time for everyone, honestly, 
I really think they should talk to each other more. You have the communication system connected on you. I think there should be at least a little more leeway for the assistant because if he saw something that the referee missed, and I'm not saying it's got to be every single play, but if it's something egregious and something that really needs the referee's attention to from the far side or the near side assistant, well, then for goodness sakes, that's why you have those communication apparatuses that are, are you know, in the ear of the referees and the assistants. I think it's a novel idea. I, I, don't, I mean, you know, I don't know if FIFA is listening to me, but I think if they would like to, you know, at least make sure they get the call correctly, then I think that's what should happen. And I'm not saying it's got to be every single moment or every single play. All I'm saying is if it's something that super egregious, if it's a big miss by the referee and the fourth official doesn't see it well enough either, well, then maybe the, the, the far side, the near side assistant can say, um, come over here. I need to tell you something. So that's all I'm saying, and that's what I'm trying to do. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, it's just a teachable moment to everyone out there uh, that wants to know about you know, what changes in the laws of the game have been made to try and you know, clear up certain issues about what is a handball and what is not a handball. Um, and I still think they're getting it wrong at times, but still, though, when it's that conclusive or it's not that conclusive and you're saying, well, that's a handball, well, how did it happen? Well, it, I saw it hit his hand first. Well, are you sure about that? Yes, I'm very sure. Okay, let's see the replay. Oh, well, it hit his foot first and then his hand, but isn't that still a handball? Nope, nope. They, just, they changed the rule. They changed it up. They say if it hits the foot first and then the hand, it's wiped out not a handball. The same thing with offsides, remember? Because offsides resets if the man, if the attacker is in an offside position, but the defender touches the ball first, then offsides resets, and then you can, the, the guy, the attacker who is in offside position, once again, he didn't touch the ball first. The defender did, and so offsides resets, and then the attacker can come back, and then he can take a shot on frame. Because that's what happened in a, Red, in a MLS playoff match when the New York Red Bulls were facing the New England Revolution in the second leg of the Eastern Conference Final. It was 1-1 uh, in the match, but it was 4-3, I believe, yeah, 4-3 Revolution on aggregate. And when Peggy Luyendula was being marked by uh, Farrell, by Mike Farrell, the defender of the revolution, Luyendula was a hair off. But because Mike Farrell touched the ball first and misplayed it, Luyendula was able to illegally take the shot, beat the keeper, and that made it 4-4 on aggregate. That made it 2-1 Red Bulls in the second leg. And also, also because they still had away goals at that time, the away goals was leveled at two each. So, you know, that is the things you need to make sure and update yourself with the laws of the game. Because so many changes that happen in the, law, in the book of the laws of the game – you know, make sure you go to FIFA's website 
or if your soccer shop – now, I don't know if they still do this or not, but when I used to go to this local soccer shop in, ha- in Hackensack, New Jersey, they did have – and they, they were selling FIFA Laws of the Game books. And I always took one because I wanted to make sure I kept myself informed, whether it be an older version or a newer version, whatever, you know, whatever, at the time what I was using. And, if I, and, and the gentleman who owned the shop said to me, they made some changes in the laws of the game. I have the updated law book if you want it. I, yep, I'll take it. I paid for it, and there you go. Because why? I'll tell you why. Because... Ladies and gentlemen, because we got to make sure we are up to date with what changes are being made at the football house of FIFA under Johnny Infantino. And so far, I think it's been a very good moment there for all of us to see that happen. But once again, um, that's my teaching moment of the day or of the evening, shall we say, about the new law of the new law in the handball situation, and hopefully. We'll see what's going to happen. Now, let's go ahead and talk about the next two matches coming up for the U.S. men's national team. Um, then, of course, let's also not forget the women's national team. Uh, let's go ahead and check, take a look at the scheduling. September the 21st at 7.30 p.m. from TQL Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, the U.S. women's national team will be playing their first of two friendlies against uh, South Africa. And... That will be broadcasted on TNT. Of course, you can go to TNT on television or on their app. Uh, Spanish language on NBC Universo as well as their Peacock app. And that matches once again from TQL Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And then their second match against South Africa will be on September the 24th. That's a 5.30 p.m. Eastern uh, time start 4.30 p.m. Central, and that will be coming from Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois, on TNT and NBC Universo and Peacock as well. So that should be uh, a lot of fun. And also, as we get ready for the October friendlies for the U.S. men's national team, that match will be uh, live from Pratt and Whitney Stadium at the home of the University of Connecticut football team, UConn. And once again, that'll be located at East Hartford, Connecticut. At the moment, it's going to be on Telemundo as well as streamed on Peacock. And um, 1FDP, I do not know who these people are. Uh, if I can, I'm going to check them out, but it looks like uh, you can listen to uh, Football de Primera. So that is who they are, Football de Primera, uh, on the on the stream. So there you have it on that. But of course, I believe TNT will also be broadcasting this in English. And once again, that match will be on uh, at three o'clock Eastern Time, two thirty broadcast start for the pre-match show. And once again, TNT will, will they are going to show all the U.S. men's and women's national team games in English. And then on October seventeenth uh, at eight thirty p.m. Eastern, it'll be an international friendly against Ghana. That'll be played at Geodis Park in Nashville, Tennessee. TNT in English, Universo on NBC, NBC Universo, as well as streaming on Peacock as well. And then, of course, 
Um, in October the 26th, we have a friendly for the U.S. Women's National Team at 9 o'clock Eastern being played at America First Field in Sandy, Utah. That will be the U.S. Women's National Team to take on Colombia, and that will be seen on the TBS, Universe, NBC Universal, and Peacock app. And then October 29th, they take on Colombia once again at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. That will be at Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego, California. TNT, Telemundo, NBC Universal, and the Peacock app as well. And don't forget, in November, at the moment, the first leg of the quarterfinals of the CONCACAF Nations League in League A, the U.S. men's national team, awaiting their opponent, but that will be played at the Q2 Stadium in Austin, Texas, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on November the 16th. And once again, TNT in English, NBC Universal, and Peacock in Espanol, and that should be a lot of fun. And really quick, because as you know, as much as I do love the U.S. Open Cup, Inter-Miami hosting the Houston Dynamo at DRV PNK Stadium on September the 27th, Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. You can see it live on Paramount Plus, CBS Sports Network in English, Telemundo, NBC Universo, and Spanish language on the Peacock app. Of course, Andreas Cord- on uh, excuse me, uh, Andreas Cordero and Ray Hudson. I'm assuming will be on the call for CBS Sports. And of course, we all know who will be running it: uh, Andreas Cantor on Telemundo and Universo, and on the Peacock app. Uh, for the Spanish language broadcasts and it should be a lot of fun as Inter Miami will once again host the Houston Dynamo for the national championship of American soccer and it should be a lot of fun once again the final score of this friendly against Oman it's 4-0 to the United States once again the performance matches the result and I'm very very happy to see that so join me tomorrow night ladies and gentlemen as I'll be joined by Sam Minton from the Blazing Musket covering the New England Revolution as we discuss the giant mess where Bruce Arena stepped down as the sporting director and head coach of the New England Revolution and many many more things have happened as the strangeness of this whole situation has come about. We're going to save that for tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. It'll be right on the dot. No intro monologue. Off we're going to go with Sam Mitten of the Blazing Musket. It should be a fun one. I know everyone in New England wants to hear that and in the New England area, in the Boston area. So uh, join us for that one tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, and we will talk about the situation involving Bruce Arena and uh, other members of his coaching staff. It's crazy. It's nutty. It's just been a wild couple of days. And um, uh, shall we say there's tons of turmoil going on, And if you are a New England Revolution supporter, I don't blame you for feeling this sensitive and this confused and this upset. So we'll wait and see what's going to happen. Once again, the final score tonight in this friendly at Allianz Field in St. Paul, Minnesota, the United States men's national team defeating Oman by a final of four goals to nil. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you for joining me tonight. And as always, please 
Enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long, and bye-bye for now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.